Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. And we're Sorting Hat Chats. And today we're going to sort The Witcher, specifically the first season of the TV show that came out recently. Yes, because I'm coming into it as a big fan of the video game, specifically Witcher 3. And I watched our friends play Witcher 3, and that got me really into the books. I read them a while ago, so I only mostly remember them. But we're going to have some loose thematic spoilers from the books. Yeah, so we'll be pulling some context from that to help with our sorting, but we're going to try as best we can to just look at the interpretation of the characters that shows up in the television show. Because sometimes characters will have different sortings across different adaptions. Which is a very interesting thing to talk about, but not something we're going to talk about in this episode. And before we jump into the sorting, in the system we sort in two ways. Primary house, which is why a character does things, morals, motivations, and a secondary house, which is how a character does things. And with that, uh, here we go. Let's see. So I think one of the more obvious sortings is Yennefer is a Slytherin primary, right? Yes. Yes, (laughs) she is. (laughs) She's um, very self-actualized. She gets her morality from her internal self and what she thinks is right and that morality is very self-based loyalty based and people she loves based yeah she is willing to go against whatever her mission that she has decided she was doing she's willing to to go against that mission literally to spite someone who she thinks has betrayed her and then she is willing to drop everything for someone she cares about yes and what's interesting is she starts the story caring about very few people mm-hmm. which is one of the big hallmarks of Slytherin primary right normally we go okay we can tell they're Slytherin because they got this this one person and if anyone touches that person they just murder everyone and Yennefer doesn't have that at the start so she's she's not actually a very easily Slytherin sort at the beginning even though she fits a lot of the Slytherin stereotypes mm-hmm. of you know selfish and kind of conniving which aren't what we base our sortings off of generally no. I feel like most people would sort Yennefer Slytherin. Yes. But... But maybe for a different reason than we are. Yeah, which is which is fun. Yeah. Because that, that conniving bit usually um, is the Slytherin secondary. But I don't actually yes. think she's a Slytherin secondary. No, no, I think she has a model, right? Because she, yeah. she does the, the conniving, but it's something that she learns. And something that she applies. Mm-hmm. And it's something that when shit really hits the fan, she just drops. Yeah. And also when things get interesting enough, she'll drop it. Um, I loved that scene where, you know, Geralt, you know, comes into the the castle where she's staying as a quote unquote prisoner. And she just has this whole magical orgy going on. Right. (laughs) And it's very Slytherin secondary. It's very seductive. It's very, you know, come in here. I will influence you. But Geralt comes in and he's just like, nah, this is weird. I'm not about this. And she drops it because it's not, he's not playing. And then it's not fun for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a a face she puts on because it's one that was really, really encouraged by um, Taseya. Yes. You know, her, her main teacher who said, okay, here are the things you need to be able to do in order to survive and to thrive. Mm -hmm. And so Yennefer learns it because she wants to win. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not actually the tool that falls easiest to her hand, which is what makes it a model. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they're in secondary model. What do you think her actual secondary is? What's her actual tool set? Um, 
I don't think it's Gryffindor. She doesn't. Well, actually, it might be. She she kind of charges a little bit. Yeah, and she's very. She's she's blunt in her way, even though she learns ways to cover that up. Mm-hmm. And she's. She is a character who one of her greater powers is people meet her. They get to know her just a little bit, and then they want to follow her. Yeah. They bring it up in the same episode you brought up. These men who are in love with her. And maybe it's just because I'm giving the show the benefit of the doubt because I liked it. (laughs) But I didn't get the feeling that that was something that was supposed to be all about sex appeal. That was something that was supposed to be about both power and vulnerability. Yennefer's really engaging and she's really captivating Mm -hmm. and she you want her to win even though in some ways she's very awful I thought I thought it was really interesting in in how the show let her have almost a villainous arc before she got her eventual redemptive arc yeah because like the the orgy scene is really interesting but it's also in many ways very evil and very heartless absolutely Yes, she's using magic to force people to have sex. That's bad. You know, it's it was a magical roofie scene, which I would have liked slightly more. The show spent a little bit more time talking about that, but she has a bunch of markers like that mm-hmm. that that put her on the evil side. Like with Stregobor in the first episode. Mm-hmm. One of the first things that sold me on the TV show adaption was they were using... Tregor had all the, the naked illusions in his tower, which is, you know, kind of gross. Yes. In, in, its, in its implication, its power dynamic, in its the things you choose to do. And the show was using it to frame Stregobor as villain, mm-hmm. which is not what you normally get in high fantasy. Normally there's, there's naked ladies for the audience. And here the naked ladies were to make the audience uncomfortable to mark someone as a villain, which you can see in how Geralt responds to it. I wonder how intentional it was. Um, I imagine intentional that the show gives us that Strekabor scene with all of the naked people and then gives us the Yennefer scene with all of the naked people. Yes, exactly. And so that's one of the reasons why I think they meant Yennefer to be a villain at that point. Mm-hmm. That's her lowest point in a lot of ways. It's both the point where she has the least power and the least freedom, and it's also the point where she has the least um, humanity. Mm-hmm. She's acting like Stregobor. Yeah, she's being cruel. Yes. And so even though I wanted a little bit more from the show in that episode to really call out what that scene was, I think because of the framing of the rest of the show, I have more belief and faith that they were doing that on purpose. Yeah, I, I got the impression that they knew it was bad even if they didn't call it out within the narrative. Yeah. Which, again, it's good to call things out within your narrative, but they'd done it other places, which, which made it more believable. Mm-hmm. With Yennefer's fall and then her rise to the second half of the season, both, both morally and um, I think also in terms of her faith in herself and her abilities. She drops the Slytherin secondary model, the thing she was told she had to become if she wanted to be powerful. And I think she probably, I suspect, ends up leaning into whatever her secondary actually is. Yeah. I think it might be might be Gryffindor, but I could also see Ravenclaw. I think the only one I can't see 
is uh, Hufflepuff secondary. I don't think she's Hufflepuff yeah. secondary. I don't think she's Hufflepuff secondary. But I could see Ravenclaw because, like we were saying, with the Slytherin secondary model, I mean, she's building her skill set. And when we see her in flashbacks with Tissaia, she's demanding answers to questions. She's working really hard to build this skill set. She's very frustrated by her inability to learn the skills that she cares about. And while that, of course, could happen to anyone, it makes me, I don't know, it's as a as a Ravenclaw secondary, I really jammed with her in those moments. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense, because that's, that's the place where she is expecting to excel. That's the tool that falls easily to her hand, and it's not working. Mm-hmm. I think that could almost apply to either Ravenclaw or Gryffindor there. It could be she's trying to get a skill and she can't get it, and learning things is how she best acts, or... The Gryffindor secondary might be somewhat tied up into her magic. A lot of her moments of power come from moments of strong emotion and strong honesty and strong reaction. But she has a hard time accessing them when she doesn't care really strongly. Yeah. When it's not a reaction. There's that other scene, too, where she confronts Tissaia and she's like, I see what you're doing. You're doing this and this and this and it's bad and I see through you. And I wish that gave us more data to differentiate, but I think that would work either with a Ravenclaw secondary or with a Gryffindor secondary again. Because I think with the Gryffindor secondary theory, she's saying, this is the truth. I'm forcing you to look at the truth. I'm confronting you. But from the Ravenclaw secondary, I think it's a criticism. It's a look, I see what you're doing and it's not as elegant as you think it is. It's not as strategic. It's not as smart as you think it is. Yeah, so thinking of trying to differentiate between Ravenclaw and Gryffindor, in our system, for listeners who don't know, we have sort of spectrums that each of the houses are on. And so Gryffindor and Ravenclaw secondary, they're both what we call solid secondaries. Hufflepuff and Slytherin are more fluid. They will become whatever they need to be to to make a situation work, and that's fine by them. Um, Ravenclaw and Gryffindor don't really do that, which I think is what you're talking about in that scene. That's them both being solid and just bouncing off of Tissaia Slytherin. Mm-hmm. So the playing, things that differentiate Ravenclaw and Gryffindor, Ravenclaw is our foundational house versus Gryffindor's improv house. And then Ravenclaw is also a situational house. It does best in situations where they already have the skill set. It needs to be something they know. Otherwise, they're going to have to scramble a little bit. Whereas Gryffindors are more likely to do well in spaces where they have influence, which is a little different. I think the place where we see her, you know, without a skill set, where she's out of her element, is in the flashbacks where she's learning to be a sorcerer with Tissaia. And she's not popular with the other girls. No, she is not. She's very frustrated and angry. And I think she charms Tissaia to some extent. But I think her lack of skill set in that area, I think, ends up really... I think that's the worst we see her at as far as her feeling like she's in control of her own life. And it's only after she like gains this magical skill set that she gains confidence. Yeah, and I think I think what might be interesting to look at is why she charms Tissaia. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Tissaia brings up 
that Yennefer has emotion. Yennefer has passion. She has chaos inside of her, and it's that chaos that gives her power. So whether or not Yennefer is a Gryffindor secondary, I think Taseya thinks she's a Gryffindor secondary. Oh, yes. Which might not mean she is, but I think that's what Taseya is seeing. She's looking at her and being like, you are powerful because you are reactive. You are powerful because you are intuitive and responsive and honest in the things that are in you. Which Taseya then follows up with, therefore, shove it all down and use it, <laughs> um, which is where Yennefer gets her Slytherin secondary model from. Mm-hmm. But that, that leans more towards Gryffindor for me. And I think looking... I think the other moment that's really useful to look at is the final battle, which I think is when Yennefer really comes into her own. It's the culmination of her villainy redemption arc. But I think it's probably also the culmination of this arc that began with her in the pigsty that took her to the sorceress training facility where she's told she has to shove everything down and she's told she has to be this, this Slytherin secondary thing. And I think she finally schluffs that off and finds her own power there. So what mm-hmm. power does she find in the final battle? Gryffindor or Ravenclaw? It's definitely explosive. It's definitely explosive and explosive generally makes me think Gryffindor, but it's not like Ravenclaw secondaries can't be explosive. Yep. I mean, the thing that I was kind of thinking about was if she is a Gryffindor secondary, she might have been more interested in leaving the school. Like, because I think Mm. that's something to say I was looking to her to do, right? Was like, hey, you need to come and take over the school. And if she had a Gryffindor secondary, that would make her more of a leader character. Well, it gives you a leader's ability, but I don't think Gryffindor secondaries necessarily are more likely to want to lead. No, that's true. But I do think, like, if Yennefer decided to leave that school, she would have let it good, I think. I think so. I think that's more of a nod to her primary, right? Her her motivations. Yeah, she didn't want to leave the school. Mm-hmm. She's the Slytherin. Yeah, she likes herself. She likes the idea of having a baby. She sort of likes Geralt, but it's complicated, and that's kind of where she's at. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows up in the final battle, too. I think one of the things that's the culmination of her arc and also part of that redemption is her coming out of being this really burned Slytherin primary and accepting that she does care about the school, about Taseya, about her sisters and fighting to keep them alive and failing roughly and sort of winning. But like it's it's a it's a bad victory. Um, Everyone's having a terrible time. So I think that definitely... Slytherin primary all the way, because her arc is deciding she cares about her family. But I think I'm leading Gryffindor, which is surprising to me. Yeah, I'm I'm also leaning Gryffindor, but we'll see how it develops. Yeah, I think she could have more. It could still go either way, but I think we have more evidence toward her having a Gryffindor secondary. I think as she gets happier and healthier and more settled in her world and her being in season two, hopefully we could see see. her. Okay. Everything will be terrible. All right. All right. I think, I think we may see more of her. And if she finds a, uh, a strength there, 
that she just hasn't been able to get because of how everyone has been treating and thinking of her all this time. Mm-hmm. And therefore how she's been treating herself. I could definitely see her growing back into a, a healthy Ravenclaw. Yeah. But honestly, my money's on my money's on Gryffindor secondary. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's 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 neat. It is. Yeah, if she's a Gryffindor secondary, she's got a Slytherin secondary model for sure. Mm-hmm. And possibly a bit of a Ravenclaw one just to collect stuff. Yeah, that's very handy. Yeah. They, they, they are handy. Yeah. Okay. So that's Yennefer. Slytherin primary, kind of burned, Gryffindor secondary, and then super heavy Slytherin secondary model that she got given to squash the rest of herself. Yes. Thing I am very excited for in this next season um, is mm-hmm. watching her interact with Siri, because I think they're going to play off of each other in really interesting ways, because I, I feel strongly about this one, that Siri is a Slytherin secondary. It is her magical power. She just reacts to stuff. Yeah. And she does whatever. And... She doesn't feel like she has to be honest, and she doesn't feel like she has to be hardworking, and she doesn't no. collect skills. She just reacts, and she survives, and she does not feel bad about it. No, I think she's just Slytherin primary, Slytherin secondary. I'm not as sold on the primary, but that... Oh, you think Slytherin primary for her? I could see Gryffindor primary also. It just, it feels internal to me. I, see, I think she's a Ravenclaw. Oh! Because she's so good at taking outside information... And putting it into her moral system and then just being along that line. Oh, that's interesting. Like um, the, the friend, the elf kid, I don't know his name. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, by the way, your grandma, who you care about and you love strongly, she was kind of evil. Just super evil. Just really evil um, to this entire species. And it kind of sucked. And Siri's like, oh, okay, that seems true. I, I trust your assessment. Well, that's bad. And you're right. Neato. That's fair. You know, she's 14. It takes a little processing, but she just, like, incorporates that into her moral system. Yeah. She's good at taking external input. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how she incorporates Geralt's um, teaching her the Witcher system. Yes, I'm very curious. Because um, the Siri I'm most familiar with is, is grown-up Siri from the video games. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious to see... One, if this Siri will grow up to be like that Siri, and two, how she will grow up. Yeah. But I, I think she's she's an external primary. She gets her moral information from the outside. Yeah. So I'm thinking either Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. I don't think she's a Hufflepuff primary. Right? She just... No. There's just not a... It's... You know, right? Like, so I feel it's like it's not, Ravenclaw. Yeah, I think you're right. It's it feels It feels so much more considered and almost... Like, sterile isn't the right word? But it's not the wrong word either, to be fair. Yeah. No, I think you've, you've, you've sold me. I think, yeah, I think Ravenclaw primary, um, Slytherin secondary. And I'm not even sure she has models at this point. No, no. I think she'll probably get some. Mm-hmm. It's a, one, it's a really common thing for Ravenclaws, but especially she's going to be a young Ravenclaw with some really charismatic mentors. Yeah. So I suspect she's going to get some stuff from Yennefer, get some stuff from Geralt, Maybe even get some stuff from Yaskier. That would be nice. <laughs> so yeah, and, and speaking of Yaskier, Hufflepuff primary? Slytherin primary? 
something loyalist. So we'll see where it goes, but I definitely agree loyalist. I think Slytherin, and that's also informed from some stuff I know from the books. But I do think we see some Slytherin bits even in um, the TV show when, you know, Geralt insults him and is just like, you're not my friend. I don't like you. It could be, you know, Yaskier reacting as a Hufflepuff, being like, that's very rude of you. But it feels more, it feels more Slytherin to me. It feels more like, that's a betrayal. You're going to regret that. You don't even understand how important I am to you. Because I think Yaskier is very much not burned in his primary. Oh, yes. Whatever he is, he's not burned. He's fine. Yeah. Also, the... Uh... When he first meets Geralt, he bonds to him sort of super fast, at least, like, practically. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's, Geralt is very important to Yaskier until later on in their relationship, but yeah. when he first meets Geralt, he's just like, yes, you, you know what, I'm going with you. And the reason isn't because Geralt is a person, or Geralt is in need, or Yaskier feels bad for him. He's like, you're interesting. Yeah. I like this. Yes. This is going to be useful to me. And so he goes, and then the caring happens, um, as it does to those poor Slytherin primaries. <laughs> um, and by the end of it, Yaskier has that really strong Slytherin link that means Geralt is immensely important to his personal world and happiness and reality. And it's also true that, um, I'll, I'll keep it vague for listeners who haven't read the books, but Geralt at some certain points in the books gets a bit of a posse together and it definitely becomes a community and Yaskier does not care about this community the way he cares about Geralt. Ah, it's just Geralt. Yeah. It, they're nice too, but it's Geralt. Yep. And I think for secondary... It's the same set of houses that are question. So they're in secondary and Hufflepuff secondary. Um, so they're in being the adaptive, the creative, the go with the flow, and Hufflepuff being the um, hardworking, dedicated, productive linchpin. On the surface, he seems a lot like a Slytherin secondary. Yeah, he's he's playful. Right? He's very playful. Like, that's how I first sorted him when I was just watching the show. I was like, oh, it's Slytherin secondary. Yeah, whatever. Sing, Bardman. Um, but I think he's a Hufflepuff. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's an interview with the actor, um, who's great, and he talks about Yaskier was sort of, somebody will talk about him like he's a womanizer. That's and the actor wrong. was like, no. Yeah, the actor was like, no. They're wrong. Who's saying that? Don't. That's not the thing that's happening. He's <laughs> just literally falling in love with these people he sees. Yeah. You know, he means it when he's playing and he's flirting. Oh, absolutely. He means it all the way down. And so that's, that's that place we were talking about earlier where Hufflepuff and Slytherin secondaries share a similarity where they're both really flexible. They both will appear, they both will be whatever they need to be in whatever room they're in. But for Slytherins, it's a thing they're doing. And for Hufflepuffs, it's a thing they're being. If you mean it all the way down, and to not mean it all the way down means you won't be very good at it, probably a Hufflepuff secondary, not a Slytherin. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he's a Hufflepuff secondary. He 
with his, you know, magic bard abilities, toss a coin to your witcher. He's definitely kind of creating community where he goes. He's doing a lot of the hardworking things that we also see with Hufflepuff secondaries, um, where he's writing a bunch of songs and a lot of them are not good, but he keeps <laughs> doing it. And then one of them is very good, um, or at least very catchy. And in the books, he does a lot of that too. He writes a lot of poetry in the books. Some of the narration is even from his perspective. He has a very flowery narration style, unsurprisingly. But it's just, he's constantly writing. He's constantly, um, he reminds me of you that way, actually. Oh, well, thanks. Uh-huh. But yeah, yeah, he does, he does the Hufflepuff secondary thing where you just do the thing and do the thing and do the thing until it works. Yeah. And you only do that with the stuff you care about. If you don't care, you can be the flakiest thing in the whole universe. Oh, and he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And right? he is. And that ends up with a lot of Hufflepuff secondaries being missorted because they're flaky in some aspects of their life. Mm -hmm. But they're never flaky in the thing they care about. Yeah. Um, and I think it also speaks to the thing you were mentioning earlier, where Geralt breaks up with him on the mountain. Yeah. And Yaskir is like, what the fuck, bro? You know, you don't even understand how important I am to your life. And that's also a Hufflepuff secondary thing. Mm-hmm. They can be really overlooked, but they tend to be sort of the, the flagstone for a st stable system. Mm -hmm. they, if you take the Hufflepuff secondary out, things have a tendency to fall apart. Yes. And if people aren't paying attention or understand that type of power, they'll miss that, and then their house falls down, and it's bad. <laughs> and then Geralt's house fell down, and it was bad. Yes, it was. Uh, I was very sad not to have any Yaskier in the final episode. Yeah, that was right? that was rude. Um, so yeah, Slytherin Hufflepuff for him, which is a nice contrast to uh, Yennefer's also Slytherin primary. Mm -hmm. uh, Geralt may collect them, or they collect Geralt. I guess is actually. I think they. I yes, they <laughs> they, they definitely collect. Well, Geralt I think collects Siri, but um, Yaskier definitely collects Geralt. Yep, yep. And speaking of Geralt, he's hard to sort. Yeah. His primary is very caked and stuff, like dirt and blood. Whatever it is, it's burned. <laughs> uh-huh, right? How to start with Geralt. He helps a lot of people in yeah. a very gruff way, but he does. Mm -hmm. He's more likely than the rest of the narrative to see humanity and worth in places other people have written off. Mm -hmm. Which that can definitely be a Gryffindor thing. It can be a Hufflepuff thing. Hufflepuff primary is going to treat everyone like they're a person. It can be a Ravenclaw primary thing where you're, you're doing it based off of external rules and observations and, and trying not to apply bias that isn't correct. I don't think he's a Slytherin primary. No, I don't think he is either. And I think we see that in his reactions to Yaskier and in the fact that he's not really going around looking for people to bond to. Siri is an accident. Siri is an accident. Yennefer is an accident. And then he leaves. 
and he doesn't leave in the in the burn slytherin kind of way where it's very angsty and he shuts down and it's either not safe for him to have connections or it's not safe for them to be connected to him it it, it doesn't have that burn slytherin angst to it no and when he comes back for siri it feels a lot more like an obligation or a debt it's something he's supposed to do because it's the right thing it's not because she's his the way the way Yennefer feels about the child she wants that's not how Geralt feels about Ciri no she's his problem and it's important that she's his problem and he's going to do something about it but it's it's different than how a Slytherin primary would do it yeah and I don't think he's a Ravenclaw primary because we see him act inconsistently with what he says are his beliefs with the Witcher Code. We see him present this very black and white view of morality. There are monsters, there are witchers, witchers kill monsters for money. But that's not how he actually interacts with them. No, and he also... He judges situations sort of on a circumstantial basis. When he's in the moment, he looks at the stuff that is there and goes, okay, I'm going to do this. And you don't see him applying those external rules, even though he talks about them a lot. Mm-hmm. Both the Witcher Code and then also like the, the Law of Destiny, the, the, um, the Law of Surprise, yeah. those sorts of things. It's, this is how the world works. And then he doesn't always go with that. Yeah. And it's not because he decides it's wrong. No. Which is another Ravenclaw primary you could have. He thinks that's right. That's how the world works. And then he doesn't do it. He does something else. And it doesn't seem to bother him. And I think an inconsistency like that would bother a Ravenclaw primary. So that means we're going with either Gryffindor primary or Hufflepuff primary. Mm -hmm. And I think because of the emphasis on, on humanity... And the emphasis on people and monsters being human and some people being monsters. That's a really Hufflepuff way to interact with a story. It is. He doesn't talk about right and wrong. He looks around for who's hurting and who's vulnerable and who needs his help. Yeah. And he also um, dehumanizes some people. Because that is part of the theme, right, is that some humans are monsters. And that's a very Hufflepuff dehumanizing kind of thing. That they're like, every person matters, but not every human is a person. And also some monsters are people. Yeah, the fact that in order to make his moral system work for himself, he has to do it in terms of who is people. It's a very Hufflepuff question. And to... To destroy the people he needs to destroy and to fight the people he needs to fight, he needs to declare them not, as opposed to just declaring them evil. Mm-hmm. All right. I like this. Hufflepuff primary. Yeah. Burned? Burned Hufflepuff? Yes. Um, and he, <laughs> I think his arc is going to be unburning. Mm. I don't think he'll ever be like entirely unburned, but I think he'll be less burned. Actually, different proposition. I bet his arc is going to be growing a Slytherin primary model. I think his Hufflepuff will stay burned, but he'll decide a good way to live morally is to love a few people well. Yeah. Because the book, the book is really Slytherin. 
also Yennefer. I think he'll 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 just build he'll he'll grow a Slytherin primary model for Yennefer. Yennefer and Siri. Yeah. And hopefully Yaskier. Boy needs some love. Oh yeah, I think also Yaskier. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's gonna be the the healing and victory arc the book is gonna give him is learning how to be a Slytherin. Even though he'll still be a burned Hufflepuff and there'll be a part of him that's sad he can't save the world. Mm-hmm. The book thinks you should be a Slytherin to be happy. Yes, but I'm going to push back a little bit. I don't think these are mutually exclusive. True. Because, and this is thematic spoilers, but I won't give details. But in the books, like, there is this whole arc that he goes through of, you're a, you know, magical creature, but you're also kind of a person. And we see that even a little bit in the first season with Renfrey. And she's also human, just a mutant, so it's a little bit more ambiguous and is not as much of a stretch for him. But I do think they're still kind of teasing at that issue. Yeah, where he can also get some healing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm really curious where they're going to take it. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm so, I love his actor so much. I love that his actor knows Geralt from the books and is appropriately dorky. Yes, it's very important for Geralt to be dorky. If he's cool, you're not doing it right. I was so scared he was going to be this really cool badass because he's not he's he's not good at socializing. No. <laughs> he's really really not. <laughs> and it's great. Speaking of skills, what do we think for secondary? Oh. Whatever it is, it's burned. <laughs> this 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 poor lad covered in blood and death. Um, uh-huh. I think uh-huh. Uh, I think reactive. I think it's an improvisational secondary. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw. I don't think he's grounded. I don't think he's I don't think he succeeds based on the prep he has done or the work he has done or the investments he's made. I agree. He's unmoored. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I could see... I think this brings up a kind of fun dichotomy um, that we've talked about on the blog some, which is the Gryffindor secondary being the unstoppable force and the Slytherin secondary being the immovable object, especially the Slytherin secondary neutral state. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm leaning a little bit more toward Gryffindor because he's got a chargey feel to him. Yeah, after a while he just sighs and then kills everybody. Yeah, but I could see that being a resigned kind of Slytherin secondary who likes neutral stating. But he would, if for that to work, he would have to basically live in his neutral state. Because we've seen him try to kind of small talk and he's real bad at it. (laughs) Which is fair. And like, that's definitely a thing some characters do. We talked about... Avatar earlier, but there's another great example there, which is Toph, mm-hmm. who, against all odds, is a Slytherin secondary. She's just as constantly in the but I give no fucks neutral state. Yeah. So Geralt could be hanging out there. We don't see him really have the Slytherin secondary skill set because even Toph turns that on in Bossing Say. That's one of the reasons we can identify her is is what she does with that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Geralt's pretty much always a trash fire. Yes. A sexy, sexy trash fire. (laughs) And he does inspire 
reluctantly. Yes. Which is a Gryffindor secondary thing. That's true. It, a lot of this is, you know, Yaskier's hard work he's been putting in to craft this narrative. But I think if Yaskier had been crafting a narrative about someone other than Gerald, it might not have worked. Mm-hmm. Which I think does push me towards a Gryffindor secondary. Yeah. And I think resigned is an is an excellent kind of word to use like the the whole idea of like he sighs and then he kills everyone I think he's a very tired Gryffindor secondary he's so tired yeah I think he's burned somewhat because so so to be a burned secondary right is to not think your skill set is going to get you what you want. It's going to think, okay, these are the ways I like to act. These are the methods I like to use. I think they are both the effective ones and the right ones, but they're not working for some reason. And I think with Geralt, it's less about the effectiveness. He doesn't feel unaffected. That's not the thing that's making him sad. He's feeling like they're not the right these aren't the methods that work in the world. He would like to be honest. He would like to be forthright. He would like to have genuine connection and get to be his genuine self. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Especially because he has those, I think that's why he's so bad at small talk. And that's why he hates even dressing up in different clothes. Yes. He doesn't want to be anything other than what he is. Yeah. But I think he also to a degree feels like what he is, is kind of gross. And I think that's part of what's complicating it. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't ask to be a witcher. No. He didn't ask to be this covered in blood. But he is, so he's going to do it because it's the honest thing. Yeah. And yeah, that is very, that is very Hufflepuff also. Of the, I didn't ask for this, but this is my duty in life. I'm very tired. So tired. So yeah, Hufflepuff Gryffindor, uh, which of course is also... Our uh, our nickname for Hufflepuff primary Gryffindor secondary. It's the protagonist, the protagonist sorting. sorting. <laughs> it's it's just great. You have a Hufflepuff primary, so if someone's hurting in front of them, they care inherently. Mm-hmm. And then you have a Gryffindor secondary, which means if someone is hurting in front of them, they're gonna do stuff inherently. And it's it's great. It's the protagonist sorting. It makes plot happen. It does plot. What what is plot? <laughs> <laughs> very burned protagonist sorting, but that's what you get with um, <laughs> grimdark fantasy. Yeah. Though I do love that Witcher's grim darkness still believes in hope and people. That's what makes it a a livable show. Yeah. And the show draws important moral lines, which not all grimdark fantasy does. Cough, cough, Game of Thrones. Sometimes grimdark fantasy is just trying to say... And therefore, nothing matters. Mm-hmm. And this is not a nihilist show, which is nice. It's refreshing. <laughs> yes, I, I like it. All right, so I think that's our main crew. We've got, we've got Hufflepuff primary, Gryffindor secondary, Geralt. Mm-hmm. A little bit burned, both of them. Oh, yeah, poor kid. Who cares yeah. and punches things. Mm-hmm. We've got Ravenclaw primary, Siri, with her... Superpowered Slytherin secondary. So powerful. Wow. We've got Yennefer, Slytherin primary. Secondary is still a little squishy, but our money's on Gryffindor. Weirdly, I didn't expect it, but I like it. Uh, that just made me think because Geralt and Yennefer, both being Gryffindor secondaries, that's absolutely how they were bonding. 
Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I just, I didn't even realize that before. But yeah, they, they both drop pretenses and then they both just honest talk at each other. And then they're like, wow, this is really hot. Let's have sex. Yeah, he literally walks bluntly through her Slytherin secondary mm-hmm. model and goes, I brought you juice. And she's like, oh, damn. Hot damn. Let's do this. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. No, that, that gives more credence there. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got... He's got his big old Ravenclaw primary I'm a witcher model that he's hiding behind from his upbringing. And she's got her big old Slytherin secondary model. This is how I must act to be powerful in the world. My mommy told me so. Mm-hmm. That's in front of her. And they both drop them for each other or will, I hope. Yeah. Um, that's great. No spoilers, but I yeah, think that's yeah. where it's headed. It's well, they've, they've both kind of started to do that. Yeah. Geralt started specifically prioritizing her, you know, dropping the Ravenclaw sort of sterile rules that he's built. Mm-hmm. And then she dropped the, the games. Yeah. They both went back up because everyone's got damage, but like we started to see that progress. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Yaskier, Slytherin primary, completely unburned, doing fine, thank you. Hufflepuff secondary, does the work. Very effective, and no one notices. Yeah. Um, It's a fun place to be. Yeah. The last thing I want to touch on is something that we haven't seen too much of in the show yet, but we've seen a bit of it, which is a tendency for people to think Slitherpuffs are a lot happier than they are. Oh, interesting. Because they seem so dang happy, but it's kind of an ongoing thing in the book and in the in the video game maybe less so you'll have to remind me we don't get a ton of dandelion in the video game okay so in the books he's a cynic he's a straight cynic and Geralt will tease him for being such a happy cynic sometimes but I think that's something that can get hidden in in the Slitherpuff the Slitherpuff can sometimes seem a little bit simpler than they are emotionally because they do have that like the Slytherin kind of internal morality. Yeah, where it seems like a lot of things don't affect them because they're Slytherin primary. And so there's a lot of moral quandaries that are less relevant for them. Yeah. And so most of the time, Yaskier is just like, la-di-da-di-da, I'm doing my thing, everything is grand. But then when Geralt breaks up with him, his face just drops. And we just see this very serious, very mature side of him that we didn't really see until that happened. Because it's one of the few things that matters. Because he's a very simple Slytherin. You'll get Slytherin primaries who have other moralities and other complicating factors they've decided to care about. And I don't think he does. Yeah, Yasker just never had that. He doesn't, he cares about him. He cares about Geralt. He doesn't like Yennefer. And like, that's it. That's the whole thing. But when you punch him there, he's super vulnerable. He has no armor because he has such a small place of vulnerability. Yeah. It's, it's so, so often irrelevant. When, when that becomes relevant, it hurts because he has no protection. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's great. It's a great show. It's a great game. Very good. The great books. I did not expect to come out of this having sorted Yennefer as a Gryffindor secondary. Right? But I like it. Me too. And I really want to see where that goes. Yeah. And I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to watch Geralt and Yennefer Gryffindor secondary with each other now. 
because I bet I missed some nuances. I bet that's going to be delightful if I go back and rewatch some of those episodes. Yeah, I, I, my, my gut would be that there's a, there's a sort of, of a relief mm-hmm. and a fellow feeling and an all rightness. Yeah. Because Yennefer doesn't think it's okay to be that way. No. No, she doesn't. Everything has told her that it is not. Except for that first, that first um, archaeologist boyfriend lad. But then that, of course, turned on its head, and it, then it told her that too. Yeah. But he was the first one to be like, hey, you, good job feeling things and showing up. And she was like, that seems wrong. I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, I've sort of been betraying you to uh, evil people. It's fine. Yeah. So she's got good evidence. Oh, I think Yennefer's secondary was burned at the beginning. Yes, I don't think we've we see her without an unburned secondary until maybe the final battle. Yeah, that's why it was hard. That's why she was so hard to sort at the secondary. I because I knew she was like kind of burned there, but I don't think I realized how burned her secondary was. And she also unburns her Slytherin more in the final battle. Mm-hmm. It's it's the opposite of the Tissaia asked her to burn her Slytherin and burn her Gryffindor. Tissaia, you're such a healthy mom. Oh, Tissaia. But with the, with the slugs and shoving her sisters. Oh, that was so awful. Who she could have cared about mm-hmm. into, into the water. That was her asking her to burn her Slytherin. And control your chaos is, is burn your Gryffindor. Yeah. And she unburns both in order to be powerful in the last battle. Yeah. She has to care like a Slytherin and she has to act like a Gryffindor. That was Sorting Hat Chat, Sorts the Witcher. If you want to know more about what we're talking about or see our other sortings, you can check us out at our site, sortinghatchats.wordpress.com. Next time, we'll be sorting the good place. Thanks for listening.